You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. You've, you've had the good fortune I've had to then say, all right, thanks. Good night, Cleveland. Bye. <laughs> okay. This isn't fair. It isn't fair because in helping women to invest and therefore getting more money to the hands of women, we hope as they earn the returns on investing, we make the world a better place, a lot better place. Hello. Thanks so much for listening. This is U-Turns, the podcast about change and all those things that that entails, all the windy ways and obstacles get thrown on our path. And today, the obstacle we're going to be discussing is your finances. I'm Lisa Oz. And I'm Jill Herzig. What are we doing we're today, We're here Jill? with an amazing guest, Sally Krawcheck. Hi, Sally. Happy to be here. Thank you so much for joining us. She is the best-selling author of Own It, The Power of Women at Work. Um, she has been called, and I believe she is a financial feminist. Um, and you see that in her latest uh, startup, which is called Elevest. Elvest is a digital investment platform for women. And the way I look at it, it takes U-turns into account. It looks at the way women's lives tend to twist and turn, the decisions we make, the 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 realities of our lives and whips that into a nifty algorithm that helps create an investment strategy so we get richer right. <laughs> if you invest with Elvest. So have I got that right, Sally? Have I got the mission right? Well, the, the mission really is to help women become wealthier and have more money. We know that in a capitalist society, money is power. We know that men have more of it than we do. We know that's led into a lot of this Me Too moment that we're having, that that disparity in wealth. Um, and a lot of folks are focused on the gender pay gap, which is very important. But a few years ago, it struck me that there are very few people who even knew there was a gender investing gap or were focused on closing it. But that gender investing gap, women investing less than men, women keeping more of their money in cash, can cost your, li your female listeners 
certainly hundreds of thousands, for some of them millions over the course of their lives. I mean, that's life changing. And, you know, as we did the research, it was clear, just like so much of the medical research and the research on cars is done by men for men. We recognize that an industry in which financial advisors are 86% male and traders are 90% male, they built the business for men. And in obvious Why ways, am I not shocked? I know. Well, in, in, in obvious ways, right? In, on the one hand, it's focused on outperforming when women are much more focused on reaching their goals. And on the other hand, to your point, um, you know, the algorithms they have built are for men, which means when women take more career breaks than men do and it affects their lifetime earnings. Um, and so how much they can invest when women's salaries peak sooner than men's, when women live longer than men, not taking those into account is hazardous for women's financial lives. And we are the, not only the first, we're the only firm to do that. What I loved, one of the things that you talk about is we're pushing for equality with men in terms of salary levels, but you're more about taking into account the differences, the difference in flow and pattern, rather than trying to duplicate the pattern of the male work. You you say embrace the fact that there are differences and optimize it for a woman rather than trying to pretend that you're a man in the workplace. That's right. And we still want to keep pushing in the workplace to make more money. But we better not, in our investments, assume you know, that we're men when, when we're women. Um, and so we, we change the investing platform in several ways. As mentioned, men are much more focused on winning and outperforming. And it, we found it just leaves women cold. Um, of the thousands of women we did research on, when we asked them, what's your goal? Only one said to outperform. Um, <laughs> you know, we, all, we also discovered things like that, you know, if you ask a man what his risk tolerance is, he will answer. He doesn't know the answer. Nobody does until you go through a financial crisis, but he'll give you an answer. And a woman will retreat and she'll try to figure it out. Well, hmm. wait a second. You know, as a fiduciary, and a fiduciary means that we are obligated to put our client's interest ahead of our own. We shouldn't be asking them a question we know they don't know the answer to. We should be telling them, and I'm using air quotes, telling them how much risk they can afford. If they don't have an emergency fund, they can afford no risk. If yeah. all they're going to do is retire, they can afford to have a higher equity component of their portfolio, which we build for them. We don't make them do that um, so that they can have the opportunity to earn the higher returns over time because they've got a long time to make up any volatility in the market. If the market goes down, they have that opportunity, and so they can earn give themselves the opportunity to earn the high returns. That's my job. Um, that's the job of Elevest to determine how much risk someone should take. We shouldn't make it their job to yeah. tell us how much they want to take because they don't have the they don't have the decades of experience that we do, quite frankly. I think that must come as such an incredible relief. I feel relief just hearing it from you. That that, you know, <laughs> that there are experts out there who are gonna look at my life and some, you know, get some information from me and say, you know, here's what we recommend. It just yeah. makes all kinds of sense. You know, before you took this turn toward feminist finance, you worked at the absolute highest level on Wall Street in the Ultimate Boys Club. You were C-suite level at Merrill Lynch, Citigroup, Smith Barney, highest, basically highest place woman on Wall Street. Decades and decades, you shared your own Me Too stories, um, which would take the paint off your car, frankly. And you, I think it took, <laughs> it took you a while to share them, you said, because you just coped with it for so long that you were, you know, you'd grown thick skin and, you, you know, moved along from it. So first, I just want to thank you for your honesty about that. Every woman who's 
come out with a story has been helpful. And just your honesty in general. You were famously on the cover of Fortune magazine with this headline, The Last Honest Broker, because you took a risky and honest position that that actually helped protect investors' money. But you're just honest as a person, it seems like. As I was reading your book, you know, I'm focusing on transitions, and you are dead honest. You know, about finding yourself on the couch in sweats in the midst of transitions. You were honest about— And the glass of wine, The glass of wine, perhaps the best (laughs) detail of all. There was not just one glass of wine. Many glasses of wine. Can you just talk to us a little bit— about that U-turn or any other U-turn that, you know, you feel like oh, so you've many. learned from? So, so many. Because um, I, I would say, and, and yeah, everybody, you know, we, we know this intuitively. Um, you pointed out I had a level of success. I had a high level of success. I also had very public failures. Um, and those two, those, that's, you know, two sides of the same coin. If in order to be successful, and to really stand out, you need to take some real business risk in order to do it. I mean, maybe there are people who are promoted for just staying in the middle of the pack and getting a B and not raising their head, but not a lot. Um, in order to be promoted, you need to have a different strategy about a business, take a risk about a business. So, you know, it's when I ran Stanford Bernstein back in the day, we had a very different strategy from the rest of Wall Street. Rather than having our research analysts also be part-time investment bankers, and I won't go into detail, but suffice it to say that is a fundamental conflict. Fundamental. You can't do a good job for one of those clients while also doing a good job for the other clients. There's a fundamental conflict. I took us out of the investment banking business, it was called a dope, you know, oh, the girl doesn't get it. And then, you know, over time it became clear that that conflict was really manifesting itself in poor, maybe fraudulent um, advice to individual and, and institutional investors. And because we had seen that, because the industry stumbled so publicly, I was on the cover of Fortune magazine. Um, that same client focus, when, you know, in the crisis of 07, 08, I was running Smith Barney. Um, we had missold products to our clients that we literally really honestly thought were low risk. We sold them as low risk and it turned out they were high risk. They were supposed to lose eight cents in a bad market. They lost a hundred cents in a bad market. I fought to reimburse the, the clients. So sort of the same thing, right? That client focus. We did reimburse the clients, but my boss was against it. The board overruled him and I was fired for it mm. on the front page of the Wall Street Journal. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so the same thing, you know, it's so fascinating because I've sort of been the same person probably since I was 12 or so. Um, but the same drive of let's, let's be super client focused um, let's step away from the pack and do th- take that to its conclusion. You know, that means getting out of a lucrative business that doesn't serve these clients. That means returning client money, which nobody ever does if you are wrong um, and admitting you're yeah, wrong. Yeah, that's pretty unheard that. of, right? Oh, it's unheard of because I mean, <laughs> yeah. I did it. Um, I, you know, at, at least in this, this, you know, several decade period. But the same thing that, that, led to success, led to failure. And, you know, we can argue whether getting fired was failure in that case, but it sure felt like it. It was sure embarrassing. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was bad. Yeah. Hence the couch for a little while. Yeah. I mean, you know, you go from, there's just this weird series of moments when you're in a job like that and you're honest to goodness scheduled from 7 a.m. through to dinner. Um, I mean, honest to goodness, guys, I used to have to ask my assistant to 
finish meetings for me five minutes early so I could go to the bathroom. The days <laughs> were that crazy. And you may like that, and that may not be your cup of tea, but that, that was my life. And to go to a complete screeching halt of literally the next day, you have nowhere to be. Yeah, yeah. Like literally nowhere so, to be. So how did you get, I mean... Just yeah, personally, drank. you drank. <laughs> How much wine did it take? <laughs> Very much drank. Um, did you have an epiphany through the wine? Yeah. Well, the first, I have to tell you that I didn't come to it very quickly because I immediately took a job running Merrill when it came to me. So, mm. you know, I really didn't experience much growing and learning the first time I got fired. But wait, there's more because I got fired again. So, <laughs> so don't worry. The heroine of our story did not learn the lesson the first time, but, you know, the karma or... The, the universe of- arranged for you to get fired again so you could do yes. it. Yes, I was like, oh, and honestly, there was a bit of, in that time in Merrill, I was, we turned the, you know, I was brought in to turn around Merrill after Bank of America bought it. We turned the darn thing around, and then two years later, they came and said, we need a different skill set. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for turning it around. We're going with a with a white guy. Right, <laughs> right, right. Okay. Well, Awesome. Um, my boss just really wanted to, it seems in looking at his moves, wanted to surround himself with people he was very comfortable. He was much more comfortable with. Yeah. Um, and so a few of us, um, were, were fired. That one actually sort of hurt more because it was, there was a sense of, but I followed the rules. The business was growing. We were gaining share. We were beating plan. I did what I was supposed to do. I sort of knew I wasn't your best friend, but you fired me. That's not supposed to matter. Yeah, that, you know, like that threw my world upside down. And I tell you, I I drank some more. (laughs) The real way I got through it was one, I recognized how fortunate I was that even, you know, getting fired on the front page of the Wall Street Journal is embarrassing, but it's also sort of cool. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're famous. (laughs) You know, you just, like not a lot of people get to do that. And so you're saying, you know, in terms of life events, that's kind of awesome. Um, and, you know, look, and I'm a big girl. We weren't going hungry happily, right? I, I figured I could find something else. But I did have a lot of people say to me, you'll never get another big job. Hmm. Um, so there was a moment when I thought this is it. And I had friends who said, move back to Charleston, South Carolina, quit doing this to yourself. Hmm. Um, there were a few moments, but it was really moments. It wasn't hours. Yeah. And I said, I'm not going away. Um, I'm I'm going to build something different and I'll do it in a different way. That's it. Okay. So that's probably going to lead us to Ella Vest. We'll come back to that in one second. Thanks. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. 
At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first like worthington and liz claiborne for her each in women's petite and plus sizes and stafford and mutual weave for him style and comfort for all even big and tall plus even more for the whole family like levi's and exertion here spring comes in all shapes sizes and colors jc penny make everybody count Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers. Snag a job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, temp to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah. Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Before the break, we were talking about Sally's pivotal moment. And how it took getting fired twice. Get fired twice. <laughs> but one of the things you mentioned that struck me was you said that financially you were in a good place. So you could have moved back to South Carolina. It, what You weren't... It, it, that gave you the luxury of reflection and of reinventing yourself. And I think for a lot of women... We want to make changes in our life. We want to be brave. We want to see the writing on the wall. But if we haven't, we if we if we haven't given ourselves the financial nest cushion, egg, that yeah. financial cushion, if we haven't made the right decisions, we'll stick in a terrible job, in a bad yeah. marriage. We'll make really lousy decisions because we don't have that financial freedom. And you mentioned in your book a bunch of mistakes that women make, and I just want to run, run through some of those that that are so our listeners can avoid making those mistakes, so that they're able to grow when they want to, and are not stuck just for monetary reasons. Well, look, I, you're making an important point. And I, it's, you know, we sit here taping this as, you know, the Me Too movement continues. I mean, every time you think now the stories are going to peter out, here they go again, number one. Number two, I really think we haven't explored something that's really important in this country when we think about women in work, which is the amount of productivity we lose by working for bad bosses who are never going to promote us, right? All these self-help women books, you know, I'm going to know my worth and I'm going to power pose and I'm going to whatever, never gets to an issue that there are a lot of bad bosses there. And we tend to stay um, and we tend to lose the promotions and lose the money and lose everything. And underlying this to your point is money. Yeah. And that the women, the brave women of Me Too were not in general financially independent. 
I mean, so some of the actresses were, no doubt about it. But, you know, Susan Fowler, who upended Uber, is not financially independent. The women at Nike who have upended the leadership team of Nike are not financially independent. They're financially stable, hmm. financially stable. And so they have got probably the three months of money that's in an emergency fund um, that enables them to say, if you're going to fire me for speaking out, you know, I can walk out of here and find myself another job and not have to worry. Right. Whereas if you're living paycheck to paycheck, you just don't have that option, unfortunately. So at LFS, we recommend we're an investing platform, but we tell everybody before you invest with us, please you know, put together, you know, get three to six months of your take-home pay into what we call an emergency fund. We provide that for free at LFS because it's so important. Once you do that, then begin investing a portion of your paycheck. In theory, the right way to do this, by the way, is 50% of your take-home pay should go to needs. Got to pay rent, got to get gas. 30% should go to fun because you got to have fun. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. You got to buy the feather boa even though you know you don't want, you got to go to dinner with friends. 20% should go to Grandma U. My Grandma U is named Esther. <laughs> I don't know if you have a name for your grandma, but my grandma is Esther. And that's putting it aside into a diversified investment portfolio. Of course, it, I do that through Elevest. And that gives me, you know, the financial security I need that if things go awry, I'm able to, you know, make a change. I'm I'm just now distracted thinking about what I would name my grandma. <laughs> well, I'm just thinking that most of the women I know, once they're married, kind of delegate no. all of that responsibility to their... I don't know any women who are not single who no. have separate accounts you from know their me. husband. You don't invest with your husband? You um, don't do taxes with your husband? No, no, no. I yeah. do those things. I do those things. We have a lot of joint money and joint handling of money, but I am never out of it. I know no, every involved, little bit of it. But you don't, do you sep- would you have a separate investment platform? Is like that Elevist? important though, Sally? I mean, must you no. keep your money strictly separate? So here, here's what I would tell you. And you can decide whether it's important or not. Um, we women live six to eight years longer than men do. 90% of us manage our money on our own at some point in our lives, whether we want to or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As you know, nearly half of marriages end in divorce. I my first marriage was supposed to be my last marriage. It was going to be my last marriage. Then he decided to have an affair with my friend. Ugh. And so I'm in a second marriage. And I'm really super confident he's not going to have an affair with my friend, just as confident as I was with my first husband. <laughs> <laughs> right? I hope you're not friends with that girl anymore. <laughs> oh, God, no. Oh, God, no. Just keep her you know, away. It's, it's really funny, isn't it? Because I can... I can now see him and talk to him. It's a weird thing we do with women, right? With her, I'm just still mad. (laughs) (laughs) With him, I'm like, thanks for doing me the favor, bud, because it worked out. But with her, I'm but you were my sorority sister. What? Yeah, there's a special circle of hell. Yeah. I personally (laughs) believe I'm sorry. It's a different level of betrayal. It really is. Let me keep going. Let me keep going. Um, They're called individual retirement accounts for a reason. They're not joint retirement accounts. And so, you know, Please, if you know, if you decide to put your money together for expenses, I totally get it. If you decide to put your investments together, I'm not sure I'm as berserk about it because women tend to be better investors than men because we tend to trade less and panic less. But fine, but you 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 should have separate retirement accounts because you, in all likelihood, will live longer. Eighty percent of women die single, and so you need to be at a place. I would you know argue that takes into account that you live longer right? 
gets you to, you know, some of the investment firms out there look to get you to 70% of your pre-retirement income. We get you to 90%. Why? Hmm. Because your healthcare costs are going to be more than you think. And you might live even longer. And by the way, Esther is a badass. <laughs> Esther is not sitting on the rocking, you know, rocking Does chair. Esther ride a Harley? Do you, <laughs> yeah. you need Harley yeah. money, don't you? Yeah. Yes. And she actually, she's a cougar. <laughs> a much younger boyfriend. <laughs> and he might have expensive tastes and, you know, yeah, Esther you might to want to indulge him. them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, I've married older men and, and it'll be Esther's turn. that's that is fantastic i love it okay so i guess you know one of the things as lisa says when we want to make a change um money can sometimes seem to keep us trapped um and this emergency fund would be freeing i think but it's it's not all. I mean, there's even if you have that emergency fund, there's money fear. I mean, you know, I've yeah. mentioned this on this podcast. I moved out of publishing. I'm kind of looking for my next thing. The hardest thing for me in the first few months after I left my job, although that thing about going from a super crowded schedule to zip, that was, that was weird. The sound weird. of silence was weird. very strange. Um, but the hardest thing for me was not clocking that paycheck. Psychologically, yeah. Yeah. it it um, it yeah. just chilled me to the bone. I will I will admit that I stood in the shower crying one day because I just thought to myself, I'm not doing this anymore. I've been supporting myself and my family. I've been mm-hmm. I've been keeping us safe and warm and keeping our dreams all tucked in, and I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah, it's an identity shift. And it just I gotta say it. Not a, not a great shower moment for me, and it and it hung over me. So, how do we, in U turns, how do we sort of handle that yeah. that feeling? Here's here's the thing: we're we're getting into big karma karmic issues. Um, there is so much shame and weirdness around money. Yeah, it's you, emotional, so, like crazy. You were in that shower, and you were feeling shame because at that point, not for the rest of your life, you knew if I pulled you out of the shower and toweled you off. I said, do you think you're ever going to earn money again? You wouldn't. Yes. But there was this sense of I've let people down. I feel shame. Guess another time women feel shame around money. When, when they make are, money. When they make money. Yes. <laughs> when they make more than their spouses. Yep. When they make more than their friends. We, you know, we, we actually have a, a new initiative at Elevest, which we're calling hashtag disrupt money. And if you go all the way back to the beginning, um, and we were to form a society and we were to form institutions that would keep money out of the hands of women, that would keep power out of the hands of the women. We would do things like, hey, daddy, how much money do you make? Sweetheart, we don't talk about that. Hey, mommy, how much mm-hmm. do we pay for the house? That's not a topic of conversation in our household. We would grow up. We would read magazines that would infantilize us around money. What's your money type? Um, okay. And put it in the bank. I mean, can you imagine if on CNBC, Jim Cramer turned to Dylan Radigan and said, what's your money type? Let's take a quiz, right? (laughs) Let's take a quiz and find out our money type and what your money emotions are. It infantilizes us. We have made money so weird that we women, if the three of us after this podcast head out for a drink, we are much more likely to talk about sex than money. And you okay? think you think men don't have the same level of shame and repression oh, that we do? No, no okay. I know. Men 
for men, more money is better. No shame, right? I mean, maybe shame if you, you see men when they lose their jobs and aren't earning become depressed to a greater degree than women do. But for men, more money, more power, more testosterone, more winning, more, you know, for for women, it's a, it's either way you feel shame. You know, I have a couple of friends, I can think of it like three couples off the top of my head where the woman made significantly more money than her husband. And it has been really hard on the oh. marriage. There's, yeah, I think there's less sex. Uh, yeah, well, totally. Because it kind of emasculates the guy if he can't, feels like. Yep. Yeah. And then because that's what our society has made it be. And then we overcompensate in the home and do more laundry and take care more of the kids. And, and then we feel the rage. Right. Which is not very sexy. Oh. <laughs> so what do you do? If you're a successful woman, how do you, how do you fix you that? You got to get over it. You know, this is where we need to, as we talk about disrupt money, um, we need to talk about it with our friends. Otherwise, how much, how much of a raise do you know to ask for if you're not even talking about it, right? You need to get advice. How did you get this raise? Where are you investing? How are you spending your money? And just get rid of the weirdness of it. And then what we really need to do is buy from women-owned companies, invest in women-owned companies, invest in companies that advance women. You know, I know that sounds a little, what? I don't know about that. Invest in women-owned companies. That seems weird. Well, if you're not investing in women-owned companies, you're investing in men-owned companies. And that's amazing. But, but women own companies outperform men, have better returns. Women pay back their loans more quickly. When women have more money, they put more into their community. They give more away to nonprofits. So there's this positive ripple effect. And so instead of being 100% invested in men-owned companies, hey, how about we just put 20% to women and make the world a better place? Okay, really practical question. What are some, I, I when I'm looking at things to invest in, I look at like Apple and Amazon because they keep yeah. Raise what are some women-owned companies that I could go invest in right now? Because I that's not yeah. advertised, by the way, on the you know on the ticker tape. No, I don't want you to invest in individual stocks. You don't. You please stop. Um, <laughs> it do, it's done very well so far. Those well, two in particular. What you've done is you've increased your risk, right? They're, one of the great um, tenets of investing is diversification, and you know if you invest in a single stock, it could well do very well like Apple did, I was highly invested in a single stock Citigroup. That's where I worked. It felt really good when it was at 54 and it felt really bad when it was at less than one. <laughs> and yeah, that's bad. Yeah. It's a lot of risk. And, you know, it feels like they can't go down, but look at what's happened to Facebook lately. So anyway, that's my little lecture for you. No, but where, where, how do we find out if, a, if it's a woman owned company? So a couple things. Um, we have the only, you know, different from everybody at Elevest, we recently rolled out Elevest Impact Portfolios, and those um, give you the option, and you can invest in the, the, the traditional portfolios or these new ones. They give you the option to check a box that will send your money to invest more in women-owned companies, get money in the hands of women to start you know, business, small business loans, um, help in communities for things that help women advance, such as more nursing homes, more nursery schools, et cetera. So that's one option. If you don't want to invest with Elevest, which is totally fine. I mean, I don't love it, but it's fine. <laughs> go to us anyway. Um, if you go to elevest.com slash disrupt money, there's a resource guide there that will give you the names of women-owned companies um, 
that you can buy from, invest in, et cetera. So we pulled it together for you. Thank awesome. you. Thank you. And I love that you that you say, listen, maybe you don't care about a better world. These just <laughs> the, because there are people that don't when it comes to their money. Yeah. These companies outperform other companies. So just just do it for Esther if if that's well, what you no shame, right? No shame if that's not the way you want to invest. What I would say is that, you know, 10 years ago, this idea of what we're talking about right now is impact investing. Impact investing. And impact investing is I want to invest my money to earn a return, but also have a positive impact on the world around me, in this case, by investing in things that advance women. Historically, impact investing was viewed as a return depressor. If you're doing good for the world, you must earn less money. And if you talk to your Uncle Joe at dinner tonight, he will tell you this at length. He will go on, you know, Joe does, he'll bore the friggin' pants off of you talking about how you know, you have to give up return. That is no longer true, in my opinion, that the research is now telling us that doing good in the world does not have to mean reducing your returns. And I personally believe it can do the opposite. All right. Well, I want to ask you something that we'll get into after the break. When is it okay to pour some money into a U-turn that you want to make? When is it okay to maybe you're going to tap your LVEST account to invest in something you care about? I'm going to take a quick break. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant. Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel-good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes, and Stafford and Mutual Weave for him, style and comfort for all, even big and tall, plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Snag a job is where America goes to hire, with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. 
With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Before the break, Jill had a very pressing question because I think she's about to make a big investment. Oh, what are we buying? I don't know. It depends on what Sally tells us. (laughs) Yeah. So when is it okay to tap into that investment to take a risk, to to invest in yourself in a different way? Whenever you want. One of the ways we help you invest at Elevest is towards a goal. You probably are familiar with the research that says that if you just dream about doing something, your chances of doing it are close to zero. If you write it down, your chances soar. If you invest behind it, your chances are through, you know, through the roof, hmm. um, in my opinion. And so at Elevest, you can, different from others, you can invest in, I want to start a business and I want to start a business in five years and we'll advise you how, here's how much money you'll need. I want to have a baby. Here's how much money you'll need. Um, I want to ta- have big splurge. So um, obviously you have to, you know, in order to sort of take a U-turn, you, you need to have that emergency fund of three to six months. Hopefully you've invested money so that you've got, you know, X tens of thousands of dollars or hundred thousand, whatever it is that is available for you to start that business where you're not going to get paid for a year or two um, and enable you to do that with some confidence. But okay. Um, so what if you haven't, I mean, what if you're talking about taking out a big loan? What if you're talking about more putting a second mortgage in your house and, and there's risk involved? Yeah. Where do you land on that? Well, it depends on how passionate you feel about the idea. Okay. Um, and there's really a spectrum. I have a member of my family, um, uh, not immediate, not immediate family, but extended family who wants to be an entrepreneur and quit her job and is looking for jobs to be an entrepreneur. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> right. I mean, I don't even know how to advise that. Um, the, on the other hand, if you have an idea that you are so crazy about, that you're dreaming about it, that you're talking to people and you're boring them with it. Um, you just, you know, it's, it's, you're doing research on your own <laughs> time, then go do it. Right. Because being an entrepreneur as one who has both run Merrill Lynch and been an entrepreneur, I will tell you, and I'm the only one who can tell you this, it's harder to be an entrepreneur than running Merrill Lynch. And so <laughs> yeah. better be passionate about it. Yeah. Oh, you know, here's something I sort of think. Please don't mortgage your house for that. Okay. So this is this is something. This is a U-turn. You you've lived. You're living right now. You've kind of you put all your chips on this idea, and you you feel very passionate about it. How's it feel? Terrifying. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So here this is how terrifying it is. Okay. This is how terrifying it is. I was in an executive position at Citigroup during the financial crisis. I will never forget having the, Fe- the, the Federal Reserve of the United States of America call me and pull me out of a meeting and ask me about the, whether we were seeing a run on the bank. I mean, this is like depression era stuff, yeah. okay? That's terrifying. I would go home every night at 11 o'clock and I would sleep like a log until 5.30 and I would wake up and go do it again. At Elevest, I go home, 
I toss and turn. <laughs> I wake up at 3.30. I worry about everything go wrong. I, you know, I slept during the financial crisis. But this, you wake up because the, you know, because at the end of the day, the personal responsibility is so great. We got much closer to a financial meltdown than anybody realizes, but it wasn't going to be my fault, right? And, it was, and it this was is your baby. This is this yours. Is it. Yeah. This is, you know, I've got 60 people who have left other jobs. Every one of them could be in another great job someplace else who've left to be part of this journey. And you just, and they've got families and, you, and you know, we're not making money yet. And uh, you, you feel responsible. I mean, they're all big girls. They all did this knowing um, but you Amen. feel that personal responsibility <laughs> oh, yeah. for them. Oh, yeah. No, we've got men, too. We, we love diversity, so we allow men to work at all of us. Oh, that's generous <laughs> of you. <laughs> you suggest tracking the way you spend your time the same way that you track spending our money. Could you talk about that a little bit and how that might help our financial situation? Well, time, you know, time is the most valuable asset we have. Um, and particularly as I get older and, and realize we don't have as much time as we thought we did. And the time we waste is time we just can't get back. And so I often talk to my team about return on their time. And are you doing something that only you can do? Um, you know, are you having other folks who work for you do something you could do better than them, but they can do almost as good, right? So that that leverages you to do something else. Um, you know, are you, I mean, this is about spending money, but one of the great things about when I was building my career is I lived in New York City and everything got delivered. <laughs> Whereas my sister-in-law who was building her career at that point in Atlanta had to spend her entire weekend in the car picking up dry cleaning, grocery shopping, et cetera, right? And so I was able to, you know, be more successful more quickly because I was able to, you know, target my time. And when I wasn't working, I was able to relax to a greater degree than, you know, now I got to put the two kids in the car and, and get the dry cleaning. But time is massively important. Here's the thing as you think about a U-turn is you have to give yourself, though, the luxury of time. You have to. So this, you know, from Merrill Lynch to Ellevest was a few years. I mean, yeah. it would seem so obvious, right? Hey, Sally ran Merrill Lynch. Hey, women don't invest as much as men do. Sally should go start Ellevest. Except it was so painful to get from point A to point B. Yeah. And I just spend a lot of time with myself. What's important to me? Was it the corporate jet? Was it the big office? Was it the status? Was it the money? Was it managing a lot of people? Was it the complexity? You know, and what, what do I really care about? And you'd think that might be just like, a, oh, yeah, I got it. But no, it was a lot of early mornings when I would try to get to the get to what I really cared about before I had coffee when I was still groggy, a lot of wine coming back in here. <laughs> I Full actually, circle. Yeah, absolutely. I actually really spent a lot of time trying to lower my get my subconscious to talk to me. Right. As opposed to the I am expected to. I so must your intuition, back. getting getting an inner voice dialogue yes. going. Yeah. And it took forever. But mm. when once you had that clarity uh, what, how soon after that were you able to act on it? Cause I think a lot of people have an idea of what they want, but it's the inertia between the knowledge yeah. and the action. And you don't seem to have issues with action. No, no, you gotta go. You know, what, what, what does Sheryl Sandberg say? Done is better than perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, 
you got to go, but you're also saying it might take a while. Yeah. And, and, and the, the process might be drawn out and really painful, but that's okay. You're in it. And everything takes longer, right? Everything worth doing takes longer. Um, but action is what matters. Now I said to myself, what are the things that have to happen before we started? And the one thing that had to happen was I needed to find a great chief investment officer and it took me almost a year. Hmm. And so I, you know, that I was not going to compromise on. I found a fantastic one in Sylvia Kwan, um, who's just as smart a person as I have ever known as great an investor. Um, but that, that then took some time. Um, but you know, that's part of what makes a startup success. I don't know of a, I don't know of a successful startup that moves slowly. Mm. Do you, um, someone once told me that the best thing to do as a leader is hire for your weaknesses. Yeah. Um, understand your own weaknesses yeah. and then hire to, to make up for them. Um, do you practice that? Do you ascribe to that? Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't even, weaknesses might be, I might not even go all the way to weaknesses, but that is certainly important. Um, I would just say where you don't have experience. Mm. So for me, my co-founder loves negotiating contracts. Like, <laughs> She's a well, special, special person. Yeah, really. <laughs> he, cause we love diversity. Okay. Oh, right. Yes. You know, just loves putting together salary bands and, you know, performance review systems and just stuff that I've done and I can do, but I just don't want to. Um, what, what was really interesting for me is sort of the, you know, we talked about time and the highest and best use. I'm a research analyst by training and I was a CFO and I don't build the earnings models for our company. Um, I mean, I build the most beautiful Excel spreadsheets you've ever seen, but that's not my highest and best use. Hmm. Right. So then even leaving things you like and giving them to someone else, although you might not want to, is, is a really interesting um, exercise. Not just your weakness you hire for, but just the things you're sick of. I'm bored yeah. of it. Been there. Yeah. 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 How, how important was your personal support team in the, in, while you were making the transition from CEO to, your, to entrepreneur? Um, did they play a big role in your transition? Yes and no. Um, you know, my husband has always been tremendously supportive. Um, you know, I, my brother is one of my best friends, and I'll never forget when I was going through a particularly down period, he visited. And such a typical male. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I feel my stomach hurts all the time. I don't know what I'm going to do. What if I don't make it back? Nobody's calling. I can't, I feel like I, I just haven't figured it out. You know, I went off like this 10 minute thing and then I'm waiting for him to, he's like, yeah, you'll figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) Not like you're my sister. I have confidence in you. I want, you know, like I was waiting for the speech. (laughs) At least he let you vent. You know, he didn't leap in there and say, well, what you should do is. That, That is fair. That is fair. That is points for that. Definitely. Like I need to find a psychiatrist. (laughs) But so it really wasn't something external that allowed you to figure out what you're doing. It was about deep soul searching and the, and the couch and the wine and the inner voice. Yeah. The the sense of gratitude that I have been put on this earth. I've been given a series of opportunities and experiences that nobody else on the planet has. And that I can't leave the stage. It's, you know, that you, that if you've 
you've had the good fortune I've had to then say, all right, thanks. Good night, Cleveland. Bye. <laughs> okay. Just isn't fair. It isn't fair because in building Elevest, in therefore helping women to invest and therefore getting more money to the hands of women, we hope as they earn the returns on investing, we make the world a better place, a lot better place. And for me to say, thanks, I'm gone. I'm going to do like a couple boards and hang out. It doesn't feel fair. You know, you got to pay it back, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. We are so glad that you are paying it back we in this are. way, Sally, and so glad that you came on to talk to us. Thank you very, very much. Thank if, you. Uh, if our listeners, uh, and I, I think all of them should, want to get more from Sally, join the, I think, upwards of 2 million people who are already following Sally on LinkedIn, um, where she puts her badass financial feminist uh, views out there, unfiltered. Also, Twitter at Sally Krawcheck, and uh, check out her book, Own It, um, and and check out the offerings on Elevest. I, I do have an independent IRA, and I think I know where it's going. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Sally. Thanks, God. This was fun. Thank you, Sally. Thank you. And let us know your financial adventures at U-Turns Podcast. We are curious. endless diets and weight loss struggles it's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results introducing smart metabolic burn from brain md your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat imagine burning fat balancing glucose levels and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks this unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula berberine which targets abdominal fat and oea which curbs your appetite with just two capsules a day Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Are you feeling overwhelmed by anxiety, struggling to find restful sleep, or plagued by a restless inability to focus? It's time to break free from the chains of mental health challenges and discover a path to healthy living. Welcome to Amen University, founded by renowned psychiatrist and brain health expert, Dr. Daniel Amen. Dr. Amen, alongside a team of esteemed doctors and experts in their fields, understands the struggles you're facing and are here to offer solutions. From debilitating anxiety to sleepless nights filled with worry, our courses are meticulously crafted to target these specific challenges head on. Join us on a journey of transformation led by Dr. Amen and a roster of top-tier professionals. Say goodbye to the constant battle with your mind and embrace a future filled with hope and possibility. Visit our website today to explore our courses and start your journey towards a brighter tomorrow. Use code BRAIN10 and get 10% off. That's code BRAIN10 and get 10% off your first purchase. Amen University, because your mental health matters. 
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.